Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Allison Pillow is a dynamic fitness trainer and energy coach specializing in rapid, permanent change through corrective exercise, metabolic nutrition, and energetic alignment. She helps people feel strong, confident, and calm in their bodies for life-changing results with practical, proven energy skills, including mindfulness, reflection, and deep deep affirmations. Through Allison's signature mix of humor, entertainment, and authenticity, her podcast, Integrate Yourself, has inspired thousands to approach their health and wellness in a whole new way. Her goal is to help you tap into your creative expression, understand yourself, embrace your joy, and create the body and life you want starting right now. She is the author of the best-selling book, Finally Thriving, Your Guide to Empowered Wellness, where she teaches her readers how to align their mind, connect with their body, and listen to their spirit. Allison shares her wisdom to help you merge your physical, mental, and spiritual wellness into one and embrace a self-care wellness routine that will nourish every aspect of your life. Allison Pillow, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Boundless Body Radio. Thank you so much, Casey. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's so great to have you. I love your work. I love your message. When I say that you are helping us merge our physical, mental, and spiritual wellness into one and embrace a self-care wellness routine, that all sounds amazing. I would love to have a better self-care routine, and I suck at it. (laughs) And you do (laughs) such a great job of sharing with us the practicality of everything, of actually like how to accomplish this, because it is very challenging in this world where we think we need to be pushing, pushing, pushing all the time and end up overstressed and broken. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And most of us do suck at it, Casey. It's, it's an ongoing practice for so many people. And that's what I was seeing in the world was we, we were taking in all this information, but what people were doing with it were, was getting stifled with all the information they were, it was actually clogging them up more and making them even more uh, uh, scared to move forward with the action steps, the real practical action steps it takes to uh, merge the the physical, you know, the mental and the spiritual within themselves. It's actually quite simple and practical and many of us aren't doing it. So it's really the consistency of the self-care practice and what, I, what I'd seen was missing in my industry as well as everywhere. Like people would go and get these aha, you know, these insights and they'd get really inspired and then it would fade away because they wouldn't continue the practice That could be real simple, real easy to fit in in our lives, but we're just so busy surviving. uh, We're not able to pay attention or or even be present for that kind of routine in our lives. So that's what I really wanted to help people with. And so it was quite a challenge at first. It took me a while to really figure out how to, you know, express the idea of bringing the physical and the energetic together and how that can really transform your life. Because so much of our industry is all based on physical stuff. And it's very important and it's very foundational and it it sets the stage for your perception and how, you know, how you feel is really how you're going to experience the world, how you're going to relate to others uh, and yourself. And so that's very important. Uh, but many people weren't going beyond that, which is then, you know, examining themselves, reflecting on their lives, to, you know, seeing, okay, is this really what I want to be doing? What What is the energy of this? And reading kind of the energy of the room, so to speak, of their lives and deciding, okay, would I like to make a change, you know, intentionally, or would I like, do I like things how they are now? How would I like to improve it? 
you know, what truly is living in joy? What, what the, the question is, what does thriving mean to you? And that's what I bring to many people because many people don't even think about that. They just um, are reacting to whatever comes their way. And really the reality of it is you don't have to do that. You can respond to your life in a very present, ease, easeful, graceful way, in a way that really brings you more of what you want to create. Yeah. Now, I came across your work from Ben Nazati's amazing podcast, Keto Camp Podcast, and he kind of talked about the same thing. I think he's got a coin that he has that has two sides, and one is, um, you know, responding versus reacting, I want to say his point was. And, like, once you have the consciousness and space to be able to do that, you realize that you do have the power to respond to different situations the way that you would. And and when you don't have that kind of vision, you you are just like – everything's just like happening to you versus you being really yeah. conscious about it and kind of choosing your life. And I think about you and your story and like how you grew up, you know, doing gymnastics for a very long time and you've been in that physical space. And so can you tell us a little bit about your history and how you transitioned from doing everything, you know, physically and succeeding and doing really well with that to also opening up that other side of things. Like you said, the consciousness, the spirit and, and, you know, that, that proper mindset to kind of deal with the things that happen to us in life. Yes, yes. And that's where the foundation lies for me is uh, my childhood and how I grew up with sports, athletics, uh, through gymnastics. And so uh, <clears throat> I just had a discussion with a podcast guest the other day, uh, Vanessa Lambert. <clears throat> and in the middle of the conversation, we both discovered we were past gymnasts. We were gymnasts uh, when we were younger. And it was really cool because, um, you know, it's not too often you get to meet someone who's done gymnastics uh, very competitively for years. And it shapes you like anything you do as a child shapes your reality as you become an adult. It shapes your perception and how you deal with the world and how you respond to it. Uh, and so for me, that was uh, it was a great way to teach me how to focus, how to visualize um, but she brought up a good point. It's like, it's, it's focusing for a brief moment in time and then we're on to the next thing. So that was the challenge that I was dealing with was this kind of ADHD mentality, um, where I could really have this intense focus on one thing for a little while. And then I was off to the next thing, you know, not really appreciating the last thing that I did or, or, or really being with present with it but um, just kind of on to the next thing. So my challenge uh, as I became older was just becoming more present and consistent with uh, the practice of honoring myself, of uh, really knowing myself enough to know really what I want to create and what I want to do next. Um, and then how do I want to express that? And so gymnastics taught me how to focus. It taught me how to visualize, but then I had to learn how to be more consistent with that practice instead of like that squirrel mentality, like being distracted to the, for the next thing. And then what else do I do now? So, um, I have this thing where I get really intense about certain projects for a while and then I'm done with it. I'm on, and there's, there is some merit to that, um, because you do want to just kind of let it go. Right. And at the same time, you want to be able to celebrate those wins. You want to be able to reflect on that stuff in your life and be able to appreciate it and be present with it. And so that goes uh, into relationships too. And I, I found that I was also <clears throat> having that same mentality with relationships as well. So that was really interesting, just looking back and even reflecting on my childhood and how my mind was even trained at that age had a huge impact 
Um, and it gave me a really big aha moment about how I react and respond to my life now and what I'm also teaching people. So that was one aspect of it. And so the other aspect of it is, you know, I just really uh, was in the physical a lot and, and I knew the capabilities of the physical. I was doing so many things within the physical that people couldn't really do. Other people couldn't do. And it felt really special, you know, and, and, and so uh, what, what I got from that was that I'm able to do whatever I, whatever I set my mind to do. It's all I have to do is just, you know, have the desire to do it and then, uh, have the consistency to practice it. And I know eventually get good enough uh, to, you know, on it and and with it to be able to do it. Um, but then I also consider the aspect of joy. So does it bring me joy to just, create something or just do something for the joy of creating or doing it. And that's the other part of it too. That's the more energetic part. So yes, we know we can do a lot of things. We're capable of stuff, but are we doing it out of joy or are we doing it to get some, some of our needs met that we weren't getting met when we were younger? That's another question that I ask in my book. So that's one thing I learned was that, um, you know, although I, I'm really capable of just about anything I set my mind to, um, you know, there is that aspect of joy, but does it bring me joy? That's an important question, you know, and do I need to get my, am I trying to get my needs met, um, through this, you know, or have I already met my needs and now I'm just doing it for fun. So that's another great way to look at it. Um, Julia Cameron, have you ever, uh, read the book, uh, the artist way? I have not. No. Okay, so that's a great book for anybody to read, even if you're not a creative, even if you're not an artist. It's it's a wonderful book for uh, self-exploration um, into the creative expression, because I think we're all creative. We all have it within us. Maybe we don't consider ourselves an artist, but we we all have it. And so her uh, differentiation between what an artist, uh, you know, the artists that put their stuff out there and the ones who don't is audacity. So. Uh, the word audacity means just being bold, bold enough to honor yourself and do the thing that you want to do without letting other people's opinions or your fears get in the way there. So that's really the difference between people who, um, you know, are extremely talented. We all know these people in our lives that have these talents, but they never put it out there because they're afraid of certain, you know, maybe the feedback or it's a very vulnerable place to be. So it's understandable. So uh, when we creatively express ourselves, you know, it really takes with, with anything, even exercise, even really changing your lifestyle, your diet, because any change in your life is going to look, you know, a little bit maybe threatening for other people. And they might then start to question their own lives. So it takes audacity to move forward with that and and really see it out and so i think uh that that's really the courage behind it and and so that's something also to to ask yourself is do i have have the courage to to do this to try something new you know and to go outside the box of what i believe i am you know because we identify with who we are we put ourselves in a box and it's like well that's a little limiting So you can also just say, hey, you know, yeah, I'm playing the role of this right now, but I could move into something else quite easily if I really wanted to. So that's a that's a fluid, very way of uh, giving yourself space and room to express yourself in any way that is. It doesn't have to be, you know, artistically, but um, 
you know, it can be really anything. So that's um, going back to your original question with gymnastics, that those are the things I did learn and have come up most recently in my, in my field of awareness, as far as like, what is, um, what lessons I've learned there. And, uh, you know, of course, consistency, discipline, and then I bring that into my adulthood, but uh, it, it was, it was, it was a beautiful experience. And um, I'm so glad that I got to do that. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of asking you the question, like, how can we build that innate courage? And I, I just recalled a story from my favorite book, The Untethered Soul. And it's it's mm. the dog that has the, um, you know, the, the what, what do you call it? The collar that buzzes you if you go outside, like the border or whatever. The shock collar. The shock collar. Thank you. <laughs> and and the dog <laughs> the dog approaches whatever his boundary is, and it shocks him. It's a, it's a buzz, and it's really uncomfortable. And so the dog is trained and learns that if he goes too far, that he's going to get buzzed. Well, it, it, Michael Singer makes the example. What if there was a really brave dog that wanted to push outside of his boundary and started inching up closer and closer and closer to whatever that border is? And he's feeling the buzzing, and it's getting more and more intense. But he learns that if he can push past, he now has the whole rest of the world. It was just uncomfortable. It wasn't fun to get buzzed. But if you get past that, then you have the rest of the world to open up to. But it takes that courage to push against those boundaries and just start pushing them back. Is that kind of how you see it? Yeah, absolutely. And it and it's it could be a pushback in like what you're saying, like a more physical way or a more boundary setting way. It can also be uh, more of a... Uh, of a surrendering a letting go of maybe how you thought about yourself or, or any beliefs you had about yourself, about what you were capable of. Um, it can be also an opening to curiosity about yourself, about what could be, what's the potential there. So, uh, you know, and we tend to take other people's perspectives as our own, but, and then we don't really honor our own perspective about ourselves, but really that's the most important perspective is your perspective of yourself. How do you, what do you think about you? Because that will actually, uh, translate into how people experience you. And so, uh, I think that it takes courage. It takes that that next step forward to really examine that and reflect on that in your life. And uh, many people are very scared to go there, but that is like that, you know, like you say, that pushing of the boundaries, you know, um, kind of taking that next uh, uncomfortable step to, to the next thing. You know, I think uh, if we just keep not looking at that and, and not reflecting on our lives, then we just react and we're in a survival mode, you know? So if you want to truly be able to enjoy your life, I believe that, um, yes, the going through the uncomfortable is essential, but then you find, oh my God, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I was making up all these stories about it and it wasn't like that at all. And that many, oftentimes I've found with students and myself, that that is the case. So um, a lot of times we have these scary stories in our heads that we're they're kind of running in our subconscious. But when we really look at it, it's not nearly as scary as what we were thinking, right? Yeah, that's such a good point. I absolutely love that. Your book, Finally Thriving, I feel like you named that very consciously. And there's two words there. It's not just the thriving, it's finally thriving. So tell me why you came up with that title. Yeah, that's a great question. I love that because it was um, an insight I had was that, oh my gosh, you know, people think they're thriving, but they're actually not yet. And that includes myself. You know, I thought I was thriving, but there was many aspects of my own life that I just was still uh, anxious about or worried about. And, and I just didn't feel like that 
uh, that I could ever uh, get into that place of inner peace consistently enough. And I didn't know how to do that because I wasn't truly honoring myself. I was trying to fit into something I thought people wanted me to be. And that was definitely stifling uh, who I was and who I wanted to show people I was and and just even just being like comfortable with myself and and uh being free to be able to express myself the way I wanted to. Uh so that was that was one thing that I thought like I'm not doing that yet. I thought it was, you know, because we 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 kind of tap the the we get into the foundation of the fitness and the eating, which is important. And that's like your gateway into thriving, right? Because that sets the stage for it, but that's not the end right there. There's, there's more work to be done after that. So um, that just opens the gates to the next exploration of yourself, which it, it leads you into that place of finally thriving. So when I wrote the, when I decided on that title, it actually came through on a coaching session I had with my own coach. Um, and, uh, and it was like, yeah, of course, like we we're, we're working on it. We're all working on it still. You know, we haven't finally arrived. Will we ever arrive completely? I don't know. But it's just good to acknowledge that we're we're all working on it together. And finally, we've we've kind of reached that place where we can thrive now. So I'm giving everybody in the in the book all the tools uh, from a very practical standpoint, but also some metaphysical stuff in there because I really wanted to bridge the gap between the physical and the energetic. I just, you know, I'd seen people that were using some of these skills, but they weren't really talking about it and sharing them with other people, maybe because they didn't feel like people were really ready for it. But I thought, you know, I was also seeing an aspect of it that made it very complicated for people. And that again, kind of takes most people out of the mix because they're like, that's too complicated. I don't really understand it. So I thought, you know, it's, it's actually pretty simple and um, it really translates to everything we've heard from every spiritual guru, ascended master. It's always a simple message. So that came to mind. And I was like, let me make this simple for everybody. Let me make it practical because this is the way I see it. And so, um, so I wanted to, I guess, going back to the, the title is just like, okay, this is attainable. You can do it. You know, you can finally do this. Like we've been talking about this for so long, but now here are the steps you can take to finally feel like you can bring joy and ease and grace into your life. And that to me is thriving. I love that. That's so well explained. Your book is very holistic. All of your content is very holistic and it really, you know, talks about all of those different things together, which I absolutely love, but you are also able to kind of separate them out into different pillars. Can you talk about some of the main pillars in your book? Absolutely. Uh, the first pillar is align your mind. And I felt like uh, well, I'll go through the three first and then I'll explain the, why I had them in that certain order. So align the mind and then connect with your body. And then the third pillar is uh, listen to your spirit. And I put it that way because uh, I felt like we needed to uh, address the mind first because the mind seems to be such a distraction for most people. And in the information that's coming in, it's really hard to decipher <clears throat> what, you know, where you stop, someone else begins, what, what, what does your energy feel like? What is your, what, what is your perspective actually? 
Um, what is your default mind? Like what, where does your mind go first? Identifying that is really important. You know, does it go to the negative or does it go to the positive? Are you, are you optimistic a lot of times or, or are you really just kind of down on yourself, criticizing yourself, criticizing others down on the world, thinking about everything that's gone wrong in the world and all those things, which really limits your potential to create more of what you want. But people think that that is uh, not, not an issue. They don't, they don't consider the way they're thinking and what they're creating. So our mind is what is actually, it is magnetic. So it's literally magnetic. So you're pulling in, you're drawing in with your mind what you want to bring into your your a field of awareness and your and create in your external reality. So I thought that was really important to address first. Um, and then within that, uh, using your imagination, because that is basically uh, waking up your third eye. It's creating your uh, visualization practice. We're taught in school that, you know, imagination is a waste of time, you know, daydreaming is a waste of time, uh, but actually it's our greatest superpower in my opinion. And I didn't realize this until uh, when I was going through this, uh, before I wrote the book, I, I couldn't, you know, I was going through a visualization uh, meditation with my coach and I could not imagine the visualization. I could not imagine anything. And I was like, what is going on? It's just totally blank. It's black. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, like what, what's going on here? And so I realized I just hadn't been practicing it. I hadn't been using it, you know? And so uh, I thought that was a very important tool for people to start using because when you start using your imagination, you start trusting it more. You start trusting your own intuition, your own guidance, uh, for what you're seeing, because, you know, everybody's seeing something different and that's what makes us unique. Uh, and so that translates also into your personal expression and your perspective. And I think that is really important because, you know, what occurred to me, we all experience life differently and, and there's no right or wrong. It's just, it's just honoring that within ourselves and not throwing that away, which is what I was doing. I was just putting other people's opinions and perspectives over mine and uh, kind of poo-pooing my own and, and and discounting it. So what I, I wanted to make sure that the mind was in there first so that people could start examining how they thought and really take responsibility for both the language that they're using throughout the day and also what they're thinking, because that's 90% of what gets created is what you're thinking and what you're saying, you know, because you're speaking it into existence. You're thinking it into existence. So if we start to pay attention to that first, which is the easiest, most practical thing you can start with, then you 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 see your world change. You see how people respond to you differently. You you see your external circumstances start to change. Maybe you get more lucky. Maybe you see more uh, like good things come your way. You know, little things like that. You start to become more present with your life in general when you start to pay attention to that as well, which is very valuable. You know, so that's the first pillar. And then uh, the second one is the connect to your body, which I put in the middle because. Oftentimes when I was training people, uh, they would be sometimes off in another place when they were working out with me and distracted. And so uh, I get them, you know, uh, centered in their mind first and then and clear it, you know, also clearing the clutter of the mind and then bring them into their body. And then they were able to be fully present with their body once they had dealt with their mind, right? 
So uh, I give in that just very practical things about the body because um, I've been in the fitness industry for many years now. You and I were talking before the show. Um, I started out with the Czech Institute with Paul Czech. And uh, I've learned so many very, uh, you know, amazing, valuable tools from working with him and the Czech Institute that I still use to this day with my clients. But um, for people who are just really, uh, you know, I I thought like the most important thing is to be able to connect with your body. Now, how does that look? How does that feel for the average person, you know? And I thought, well, what are the most important parts to really focus on? Well, I started thinking about it. And uh, I, when I work with people, I, you know, if they're having knee or hip pain, I look at their feet, you know? And so I, most of that, those issues sprout from the feet and uh, we look at that. And so I put in a chapter called free your feet because that's, that was my experience with where people needed to start. Like it's their, it's literally their foundation, you know? And so if you don't have a good foundation in your feet, it's going to affect everything above. So I thought that was very important, very practical. Anybody could do it. You don't have to be an athlete to start with your feet, right? And then the other thing, the other important thing within the connect with your body amongst other things in there that I do uh, share, which is part of my practice of helping people with their fitness is about breathing. So breathing, right? I mean, we all have to breathe, but how are we breathing? Let's start to pay attention to that because what I'd see is, and athletes kind of get into this too, because, you know, they're going through intense exercise. So at times they have to breathe through their mouth. And when I was an athlete, when I was a gymnast, I was a mouth breather, you know? And so that, that created a lot of, uh, a lot of disharmony in my breathing pattern. I had, I'm still unwinding it to this day, honestly, but, uh, it, it created a lot of chest breathing, a lot of tightness in the, um, in the rib cage where my, you know, rib cage wasn't able to expand as much. And, that also happens with people who are in a survival mode, like a, a fight or flight, you know, in their in their sympathetic nervous system. So what I thought was, okay, let me just give people the easiest breathing practice ever, which is just breathing through your nose, you know. Um, is, is Patrick McEwen, uh, the oxygen advantage is where I first learned about that. And uh, he was talking about all these things that could, you could literally change your metabolism and lose weight from just starting to breathe for, through your nose. And I thought, wow, how easy is that? And so I talk about that in my book, how you can create a nose breathing practice to um, actually improve your oxygen uptake, which if you're an athlete, that's very valuable. But not only that, change your metabolism and get more into a parasympathetic nervous system mode, which is more of a thriving mode. So, uh, and all you have to do is just pay attention to when you're, when you're breathing through your mouth through the day and then close your mouth and start breathing through your nose. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. No, we've had Patrick on our show. We've also hosted James Nestor yeah. and listening to these guys talk about the importance of nose breathing for so many different reasons, the structure of your jaw and the, your dentition yes. and, and all of that stuff and everything that you've mentioned. I spent over a decade working on a metabolic cart where we were measuring people's breath and, and validating that with things you said, like VO2 max and, and performance, but also things like fat burning. And you, when you're burning fat and losing fat, it, that's leaving your body through the breath. And it was so amazing to use those machines to validate that yes breathing is so critical and and again if nothing else nasal breathing is so so important so i'm so glad you covered that 
Yeah, it, it's it's essential. It's what we're naturally here to do. Although like from society, like we talked about it when we were talking about feet in the very beginning, uh, you know, we're taught to wear shoes that clo- that really are tight on our toes or, uh, you know, rush from one thing to the other thing uh, and not really paying attention to breathing and just, you know, chest breathing, mouth breathing. We're not, we're, we're, we're eating all these crappy foods that also have an effect on that. So, uh, and then also we're just trying to do everything really fast. You know, that's the other thing that really <laughs> occurred to me, like, why are we doing that? Why are we striving? Why are we trying to get from one thing to the next? It's such an, a results oriented society. Uh, and that's just, okay. What it, what what's the end game there? You know, with that, like, okay, you you rush through your life and then you die. Is that that doesn't sound like so much fun? So I thought, you know, let's let's slow people down, bring them down a notch to start to you know uh, become aware. Which is uh, the only way to do that with your nervous system is really to get into that parasympathetic nervous system, which is breathing through the nose. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be the quickest way really. And the most efficient way and the, and it's free, you know, there's so many things about our body, easy technology that our body's capable of that we just don't realize. And that's what I wanted to bring to light in the book for people is like, guess what? You know, you can, you can free your feet. You can nose breathe. You can go outside and, 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 you know, watch the sunrise, watch the sunset, get some vitamin D from the sun, (laughs) (laughs) you know, put your feet in the grass, you know, all these things are so natural. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But uh, we forget with the modern culture. Um, So anybody can do it living anywhere. And that's why I wanted to put it there because it's, because it's one thing where it will change your life. You know, those, those just little things will change your life. And then I will also just touch upon this. Something I was thinking about the other day is stretching. I see so many clients like I granted there are people that don't need more stretching, but most people that I see need need stretching, you know, and they need uh, some mobility work. And we tend to not we tend to kind of override that for the for the exciting, sexy stuff in fitness. But really, the stretching, even if you just devote a day or a little session for stretching or do it like before you go to bed every night, that can go a long way. It can really just bring you into a whole new level of fitness right there. So I I talk about that as well and the types of stretching and how you can use them. Um, And the last pillar of the book is one of my favorites, listen to your spirit, learning how to listen to your spirit. And I wanted to add that in because, uh, you know, this is that kind of the next level of wellness. It, It relates to your intuition. It relates to what you trust about yourself. You know, your, how, how you trust yourself. Do you trust yourself? Uh, let's start, if you don't, you know, let's start working on that relationship and, and start to repair that and, and, and cultivate a sense of trust for self. So, uh, you know, I, everybody really takes in energy or, or spirituality or, you know, uh, a certain way. We all have a different way of uh, feeling it, seeing it, uh, receiving it. And I wanted to share the way I do it and then also give people an opportunity to really reflect on how they do it too. Because I just thought when I was younger, as I got older too, and, and started working at the Czech Institute or working with them, uh, I thought, yeah, everybody does this, right? And then I was like, no, actually, no, everybody has a different way of experiencing their own energy. But many of us don't know how to feel it, you know, and 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 
and experiment with that. So, uh, or play with it even. So that brings the element of play, like the unknown, getting more comfortable with the unknown within yourself right there and trusting that, that it's going to, and that, and that of course translates into everything in your life, where is, you know, you, you come across like a, a situation where you really feel called, you have this desire to move in a certain direction, but it really doesn't make any sense. No logical sense why you'd want to do that. Uh, but you just feel really called to do it. So you take the steps to do it because you trust yourself, right? And then it leads to so many other amazing, wonderful things. But you would have never known that if you hadn't have taken that step toward that. You know, on the other side of the coin, we might be afraid to take that step. We might think, oh, that doesn't seem logical, you know, and that's when we're not really in touch or in tune with, uh, because when we, the fear comes in, we're not in tune with our own spirit, like what that's calling us to do. It's a deeper calling than just our basic wants and, and needs within this realm. It's a, it's a deeper, <clears throat> it calls your soul in, into what you uh, are here to do really essentially and, and what you're here to experience and what you want to experience. And so I think that's very important as well as, you know, what you'd like to express creatively in your life. And one big aspect of health, I think that is uh, something that, again, it isn't talked about too much in the fitness industry, but it's about uh, creative expression. And uh, it doesn't have to be from an artist's perspective, but actually Paul talks about this a lot because um, he has a mandala class that he does. And then he also does uh, other workshops that are really wonderful. But the mandala class comes to mind when I talk about this because he's, um, he teaches people how to paint mandalas and, and how to really bring their vision, even if it's just symbols or whatever they're seeing into uh, a paint, a beautiful painting. And this, in my opinion, is very healthy. And uh, because, you know, if we're not expressing ourselves or suppressing, either those emotions or we're not feeling like we're being heard or seen. We don't feel like we're being ourselves or showing our full selves to other people. And that can actually be stifling to, you know, the spirit, which it can be, you know, it translates to the body and the mind as well. And it can create all kinds of issues. So I felt like that was a really important pillar for people. Also really fun. You know, I also go into voice exploration. That's one thing that I've really enjoyed different ways that you can meditate creatively. It doesn't have to be sitting on the floor and uh, just doing nothing or trying to, you know, harness your mind. It can be many different things. It can be a walk in nature. It can be a vocal toning session. You know, it can be really doing the dishes even. So, <laughs> or folding laundry, right? So th those are the three pillars that I go through in my book and in, in my program too. We we take uh, key aspects of the book and really go deeper. And we have a, it's a 12 week course and coaching program. And I, my next one, excuse me, my next one starts in January, uh, January 23rd. So it's just around the corner, but uh, yeah, it, I think my voice has been one of my biggest uh, challenges and vulnerabilities to, uh, to, you know, to learn how to express properly I used to edit myself a lot and, and it's been just so liberating to be able to even, you know, voice goes beyond what we think through singing. It also is about communication. It's about setting boundaries with people. It's about honoring yourself. And so it can teach us so much, but really all you have to do is just start with some sounds and then everything else comes.
it's, it's pretty magical. That's amazing. Yeah. I've heard you answer in another podcast that you were hosted on that you were super grateful and most happy about the voice coaching and learning how to <laughs> use your voice in different ways, which I think is wonderful. And, and I love the way that you explained that. I absolutely love the way that you explained all of your pillars. I have all of the questions. Uh, I want to go back <laughs> a lot of how questions I want to know, like, like for the listener who's hearing about your first pillar and they're on board. Like, yes, I would love to imagine more. I would love to ruminate on things that I want to include in my life. The how question is where people get tripped up. How do people build that into their already busy lives? That's it. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, yeah. So first of all, I'll say that, you know, I think I have this quote in my book, uh, Albert Einstein, you know, uh, uh, imagination is more important than intelligence. And I think we get those, I think we get those confused. I think we tend to put intelligence up onto the top there and uh, really think imagination is just childish and it's a waste of time because that's what we've been taught. So really it's, it's starting to just honor that. And um, what, how I get people started in my program, it's real easy. I just put them through a visualization meditation. Um, I didn't realize, but my first, uh, my first experience with, uh, imagination, well, it was, of course was when I was a child, but be, when I became a gymnast, uh, really directing that imagination was more like I would visualize myself doing the moves until I could do them. But sometimes I'd also have to put like an Olympic gymnast in, in the place of me for a little while until I could imagine myself doing it. So it could be like, it doesn't have to be crazy, but what may come out of that is if you start with a visualization meditation, which could be as long as 10 minutes, you know, you could just do that once a day. Um, it will start, it'll get you started on the path of imagining more. And so what that does, will it will open your yourself up to more creativity in your life, more ways of solving problems, uh, more ways of looking at your life creatively, uh, imagining uh, a different future for yourself, imagining, uh, you know, a different way of being. Maybe you're, maybe you'd like to do something different, but you didn't imagine you could do that before, but then you put yourself in that place and you're like, wow, I can see myself doing that actually. So that's just a, you know, a very practical way to go about it. And then beyond that, I mean, you know, you can imagine whatever you want. I mean, I, I go into, uh, I, I kind of started this process for myself. I got into the, I don't, I, I want to say, I guess it's called conspiracy theory stuff now, but it was more like, you know, uh, at the time I, I got into a book uh, from Barbara uh, Mersiniak is her name. And she channeled the Pleiadians. And so I really got into some of these channeling things. Uh, and it was a little bit weird at first because I didn't, you know, they would change their voice a little bit or, or, you know, when I'd see them in person and it felt really strange, but I was like, I didn't really understand it. But I think now we're moving into a time where that isn't as necessary to kind of change the voice. You know, uh, Abraham Hicks does that as well, I think, and, and uh, a little bit, but she's, kind of has more of her own voice too. But anyway, all that to say that uh, what that stuff started doing, I read the book, uh, Bringers of the Dawn, I think is what it's called from Barbara Marciniak. And it just opened me up to so much 
uh, more, a different way of thinking, like, could this actually be possible? Well, if it's not true, that's okay. I think just introducing the idea, not necessarily clinging to one idea or the other, identifying with it, just being open to different possibilities is a really great way to also to tap into your imagination, right? So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, you know, or uh, take up too much time in your day, but you could just start opening yourself up to other ideas and perspectives because when we're so like tight uh, on uh, and resistant with our belief systems and what we think is true and what we think is not, then that really closes us off to using our imagination that way. And it's not to say that you don't have certain foundational beliefs or values. I think that's important to, to know what your values are because that leads to your you're expressing your integrity in the world. But I also think that if we cling too much to certain ideas or certain beliefs in our society, then we really do get closed off from imagining something different. And that's where we get that lack of creativity as well. So in order to really exercise what I call it, using your imagination muscle, start to just open yourself up to something maybe that's just totally outside the box or totally weird. Maybe you don't believe it. That's okay. But you're just like, you know, like, wow, okay, that's interesting. You know, so uh, you don't have to like be totally on board with it either. That is another way to say. (laughs) Sure. No, that's great. That's really well explained. I'm thinking at a time in my life, this is about five years ago. I can't remember where I heard this, but I actually did it. I'm glad I did. It took me maybe five or 10 minutes, but I sat down and, and with the thought, what do you want your life to look like if there were no restrictions? Nothing is limiting this life that you're going to have. And I remember writing things down, like I really wanted to help people. I really wanted to wear flip-flops and be walking around a beach. Um, I wanted to have a really like kind of low-stress life with my community. And it's, it's so funny. I wrote all those things down. I recorded it, so I still have it to this day. And I look at my life now, and I couldn't have imagined that there would be a worldwide pandemic that would shut down the big corporate gym that I used to work at 50, 60 hours a week. But it did. It forced us to open our own business. What what is my life like? Well, I I walk around in flip-flops helping people. I I live a very low-stress life, I would say. I've gotten really a much better opportunity to get to know my neighborhood and my community a lot better where most of our business is now and, and most of the people we help. And, you know, unfortunately I still live in Salt Lake city, so there's no beach, but there's a lake that I walk around every single day and there's sandy areas and I get to watch the sunrise every single day. So it feels like a beach. And it's so funny. I would have never thought that that could have been possible. And I would have never been able to create the steps that would have allowed that to happen. But looking back, I'm so glad that I took the time to just, just what if, what if, what would it be like? What would it be like to have those things? And and that's what manifested itself through a bunch of really weird experiences. Here we are. It's so crazy. So so exactly. (laughs) No, I love that you brought that up, Casey, because, um, that is like exactly it. You're, you're, it's like, we all think that we have to think of what what is in our reality right now, but like you can imagine what you'd like to feel like. You can imagine what your environment would like to be like, and uh, and write that down like you like you did, or record it, and then look back on it later. Did that happen? You know, yes. But that's how we bring it into our reality first, as we imagine it. Like it is a desire to have, you know, to become our best selves to become, uh, you know, you know, something that, you know, to really just realize our own potential there. So uh, I think that's, that's a beautiful way to do it right there. And that is how I 
help my students as well. We we start with real simple writing practices like that, where you get to just describe your your ultimate like perfect day or your or your perfect environment or like how you would like to feel, like all the details of it. And uh and, and then you know, once you start like you practice that more and more and more, uh then it becomes part of your reality and, but it's the unknown and you're not sure how it's going to happen, but that's how life is. You know, it's, we don't know all the steps. We don't always know how it's going to happen, but we do know where we want to go. Right. So, um, and I think it unfolds once you, once you put that out into the universe, you're like, then they're like, okay, you want this? Okay, cool. So we're going to make it happen. And then, and then everything starts changing. So, I don't think our reality is as uh, as static as we'd like to think it is. I think it's more malleable. And so this is where I think our you know power lies here is changing our our life if we want to change it, if we're not happy with it, if we're not uh, if we're not happy with how it's going, how would we like to make that better or different, you know? Yeah, that's so powerful. I, I realized that the thing that unlocked all of that for me was saying, pretend there's no restriction, pretend there's nothing holding you back from this. Yeah. And that, that again, talking to you makes me realize I was using my imagination. And that's what got me to that place of recording what I did, which I think is, is really interesting. I'm glad you talk about that. Talking about the feet. It's, we I cannot agree more <laughs> around here that like, if you have knee pain, if you have hip pain, if you have things going on up the chain, start with the foundation, take a look at your feet. What are some practical things that people can do to start to have better foot health that can then reverberate upward through their bodies? Yeah. The first thing that people can do is just look at their footwear. What kind of shoes are you wearing? Right. Cause that's what's, <laughs> that's what you're wearing most of the day. And uh, I've had clients that have had, uh, have gone into um, you know, minimal shoes and then they've gone back to some, an old pair of shoes just for like, even just one night, <laughs> you know, just some fancy shoes. And then their back hurts the next day or their knee hurts again. And I'm like, yeah. And so they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is, I'm never doing this again because it's not good for my body. So I think it's just really just assessing your footwear first, because that can be, um, as Katie Bowman, one of the, the I have many of her books, she's an uh, expert at feet. Uh, she talks about how your, your shoes can be like a cast on your feet. You know, you think about when you wear a cast, it, it keeps your, your joint from moving because the, the bone is trying to heal. But if we do that with something that's not in that state, you know, it's just, it's supposed to move. Your feet have many bones in them. So they're supposed to be moving. Your ankle needs to move. Your toes need to move, uh, need to be able to spread out. So the shoe is supposed to allow you to do that. So a wider toe box, if you have wide feet, um, and, and that kind of thing, you know, enough support, but not too much support where it doesn't allow your foot to move or it has so much of a soul that you can't even connect to the earth. Right. So that's, I think where, uh, the minimalist shoes have become much more popular because people are realizing that, oh my goodness, I don't want to bound my feet up anymore. I feel like if when I, when I open my feet up, I can, I can, uh, move much better. I balance much better. My knee doesn't hurt anymore. My hip doesn't hurt. You know, my back doesn't hurt. So, um, because our feet are literally, like you said, our foundation of stability there and it translates all the way up the chain, but many people don't put it together because we're just not taught that. 
But um, but again, you know, uh, another example of someone using their imagination to think outside the box, it's like, okay, you know, our feet should not be in these tight shoes, right? That doesn't allow our feet to move. So um, someone thought, oh, how about minimalist shoes? And that's how that came about. Uh, and you can also just walk barefoot in your house. You know, it just depends on where someone's at. If, you know, I've had some clients that can't go straight into a minimal shoe because they've been uh, in other shoes for a while and they have to kind of integrate slowly into it. Um, but, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, just start doing what feels natural. You know, how, how does your how's your foot want to naturally be? Does it need to spread out? Let it spread out, you know, let it move. Work on it with your hands a little bit, moving the bones in the feet, uh, stretching the ankles out, stretching the toes even, you know. As a gymnast, I hurt my toes many times. I've broken toes, uh, dislocated toes. And so, you know, that was affecting my balance. That was actually affecting my hip and my back. And so when I started stretching my toes out, my back got better, my hip got better. So it could be just something really simple like that. Yeah, it's a little bit out of frame, but anybody watching really can't see my feet. Whenever I record a podcast, I'm always sitting on the ground and I always have my toe spacers in. It feels so good to let your feet actually spread out. And one thing that I noticed this year, um, one of my favorite brands for sandals is Earthrunners. And it's a really minimal, um, just like a, a Vibram kind of a sole. And it, it, it made my feet like literally grow. Like my feet got more muscular to the point that I took a hiatus from playing hockey. When I laced up my hockey skates again, my feet killed for an hour long hockey game, which should not happen <laughs> because my feet had literally grown and gotten wider, especially around my toe area. And, and I think the example of the cast is such a good one. Like what would happen? This is the reason why you don't wear a cast forever. If you break a bone, you right. take the cast off because everybody knows you're going to atrophy. Yet we stuff our feet into tight socks, into shoes that are not designed to look like our feet at all. And it's awful and people suffer and there's lots of pain and you can overstride and you can heel strike, which causes all kinds of disastrous results. And so I love, I love what you're saying about getting, freeing the feet, getting barefoot. Is there any particular brand that you just really love? My favorite brand is Limbs, L-E-M-S. Okay. Have you heard of those? I've seen those, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> those are, they, they're great. They're, they have a lot of cute styles and my feet really feel great in those. Um, but there's so many out there that are wonderful. There's so many minimalist shoes out there. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of, uh, I know that uh, Vibram, has not Vibram, but Vivo has some great styles out there too. The only, <laughs> some, some other, shoes that I've had in the past have like fallen apart a little bit and they sent me back some new ones, which was really nice. So, um, but for the most part, I hear people love those as well. Um, and yeah, there's just, I, I think for, I have a, a really favorite pair of sandals out of Boulder, Colorado that I'm, it's, uh, really, uh, slipping my mind what the zero? name was, is of them. Not zero, but that's a good one too. Um, this, this one, I can't remember, but they're very minimalist sandals, but you know, you just look up, you're going to, I mean, there's so many good ones out there. Earth runners are amazing. So I think, you know, it's just whatever you're looking for. Um, and depending on what you're doing. So if you're hiking, you know, you may want to wear some shoes that are like covering the toes. So you don't hit a rock or something. I've done that many times in sandals. It does not feel good. <laughs> so, but 
But, you know, I like the limbs because they do allow my feet to work, you know, so I feel the muscles in my feet working. And I've had like um, on my left ankle, I've had an ankle surgery when I was younger. I had three surgeries actually on it. And uh, and I've been able to really regain my uh, my mobility in the ankle and use the, f- the feet muscles much more effectively um, wearing the minimalist shoes. You know, whenever I go through like because I go to my chiropractor and she adjusts the ankle, we work on it. We do grasha on it um, and, and those kinds of things. But then once that release happens in your body, you want to put you know, you want to have something, uh, some shoes that will allow the foot then to re-establish the stability there. So um, be able to help the muscles work in a different way, because sometimes when you're in a, um, when your body, when your joints are, are very restrictive or restricted, you're not able to use all the stability muscles as if they were not restricted. So then when it you know, when you let that restriction go, then you've got to now recalibrate that. And so you want to be able to work the muscles to then now hold that new way of being for that joint. And so that's what I experienced with my foot. It just allowed my foot to now, these muscles that I'd not felt in years were now working. And it was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then over time you get strong enough, you know, you start slow and then you get strong enough to then go on that full hike, you know, uh, with those shoes and stuff. So, um, those are other things to consider, you know, it it can, it can go, uh, just depending on a person's history and their injury or any past injuries, you know, it's all, it's going to be very individual, but in general people, um, you know, I think that just going minimalist, uh, footwear, or even just walking barefoot in the house, walking in the grass with bare feet, those kind of things, um, just really living in bare feet, also can be very helpful. Yeah, that's such great advice. I think anybody could benefit from doing that. And and again, if it's difficult for you, if you're not strong enough yet, just start slow. Like you said, barefoot around the house yeah. is a really easy way to start to transition. Your feet will start to spread a little bit more. You'll start to feel different textures a lot better than you had in the past, and it will be more easy to transition later on. Um, I'm really curious. Yeah, let us- me say one more please. thing yeah, about please. the feet too, before we move on. I would... Um, I would also say just, this is really funny, just give your feet some love, you know, like massage your feet, stretch your feet, you know, give it, give them some attention. Like your body sometimes just wants your attention. And if we always are like putting them, our bodies on the back burner or not, are thinking, oh, we fixed that, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, your body just, you just need to give it a little love. So that's another way of looking at it. Just like start paying attention to it. Right. Yeah. Great tip. I love that. I wanted to ask you about your podcast. You have been podcasting for a very long time. What have been some of your favorite, um, I don't know, skills or things you've taken away from podcasting itself? Yeah. uh, So podcasting, I started back in 2016, I think, and uh, it's changed a lot since then. Uh, there's many more podcasts out there than there used to be. <laughs> so you're the only um, pod, you're the only podcast that started in 2016. Everybody's podcast, including ours, started in 2020. Come on. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody had well, a podcast say, in 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That's it, it is. Yeah, exactly. That's when the the surge of podcasts started, and it's understandable. Everybody had something to say during that time, That's right? right. <laughs> and you say it. So uh, yeah, so I think. You know, my my podcast started out being mostly like about fitness and nutrition, science and all of that. And then when I kind of 
found that there wasn't much more to say about that. Like in for, for me personally, I thought, okay, I need to get into this, some really some juicy stuff I'd like to talk about a little bit more as it relates to fitness and nutrition and all those things too. So the more metaphysical, spiritual kind of things. Um, and so then it kind of took a turn at, at a certain point, I had a co-host in the very beginning and then, and then I started doing it by myself. So it's gone through a lot of changes. Um, and, uh, with that, I've, it it is really uh, going back to the voice. It's taught me a lot about how to be comfortable with my voice, how to be comfortable with myself. It's very vulnerable actually, uh, being, you know, starting a podcast, being up here on screen for people to, see you and, and, you know, have all these, I mean, whatever you're thinking, like, you know, maybe they're judging you, maybe they're criticizing you, or maybe they're loving you, who knows, but it's like, you're putting yourself out there. Right. And so for me, that was something I really felt like I wanted to do mainly because I had this desire to share so much more. I'd been coaching people one-on-one for so long. This is another reason I wrote the book. And I just felt like I wasn't really getting a lot the information I felt like I wanted to get out to a lot of people. And so I wanted to share all these ways of empowering yourself that were really easy and not complicated at all, but a little bit of a different perspective on looking at it with, with people where they could, you know, then take the reins and explore their own. So uh, that's the biggest reason I started the podcast. And so what I, you know, I've just learned a, a different way of expressing myself. I've made so many wonderful connections with people people I would never have uh, imagined I would connect with. Like Ben is one of those people. He's amazing. And I was so, I was so like uh, Ben Azadi, I was so just honored to be able to connect with him. And and he's such a wonderful person. Uh, And it was unexpected, you know? So that's, that's podcasting right there. And I think we have, uh, one of my favorite things about podcasting is the community of podcasters. We're all just, uh, for the for the most part, everybody's just really loving and giving and uh, wants to connect with each other. And it's just a really wonderful community to be, to be a part of, really. So and they want to, you know, they want you to share you, you know, it, it's just like it's just a it's a great way to share uh, your message um, and also connect with other people. So um yeah, it's it's been it's been you know quite quite a, a journey on many levels for me for sure with podcasting. That's yeah. amazing. I have to say the two communities I can recall right now that have been super helpful is the entrepreneurial world is so the people are so willing to help you and answer questions. And that has been amazing, but also the podcasting world. I couldn't agree more. People who are doing podcasting are so willing to help you and, and, you know, take time out of their day to help you get set up. I've helped set up a few people's podcasts and it's, it's great. It's a wonderful community and, and you're right. Making those connections. uh, It's just, it's, it's really wonderful to be able to share that type of message is amazing. This has been such a great conversation. I've loved connecting with you, Allison, where can people go to find you and connect with you and your work? Oh, thank you so much, Casey. This has been wonderful speaking with you today. Um, they can go to finallythrivingbook.com and you can also find uh, my program at finallythrivingprogram.com and that's on the, the same website. You can, There's a, a link to that on the finallythrivingbook.com as well. Um, and my podcast is called Integrate Yourself and that's on uh, alisonpillow.com as well. And my coaching business is on that too. So I have a lot of stuff I'm offering. I've, I've just recently put together a concept album that goes with the book. I wanted to explore music. 
and how that would, you know, go with the spoken word and uh, and some singing on my part, which is very much out my outside my wheelhouse. But I, I, it was so much fun to do. So you know, again, going back to the joy of doing and just doing it, it's it's really rewarding in that way. So I, I'm going to be uh, releasing the album in uh, early February. And uh, you can uh, go to Bandcamp. Uh, I'll send you the link. It's on Bandcamp. But if they want to follow me on that, they'll know when the album comes out as well. Um, and one more thing, my class starts uh, uh, my next Finally Thriving class. And you'll learn all the things we talked about today and how to in, in, uh, integrate that and really t- uh, walk away with tools that you can use for the rest of your life, really, to bring you back into that inner peace into your own energy so that you can do the things you really want to do from a place of relaxation, ease, grace, you know, um, that's finally thrivingperm.com. And I'm taking registration right now. Um, and yeah, if you want to join, you can set up a free call with me and we can talk about it. Yeah, that's amazing. You have so many resources on that website and you do have an outline of your program and it looks great. It goes for 12 weeks, I believe. And it looks like every single week there's something that you're kind of focusing on. So you're slowly building small habits over time. Is that the idea? Absolutely. We're, we're going through the three pillars that I talked about in the show today and then aspects of those. So we do explore um, different different ways of playing around. Really, uh, I wanted to bring an aspect of play into this class because I felt like we were already so serious and we're taking in all this information. But how do we actually integrate that? So we integrate that with play. We integrate that with being OK with making mistakes and not like beating ourselves up about it. And and then also just, you know, looking into into, you know, reflecting what is working in our lives, what's not working in our lives, what are we thinking about all the time? How can we change our language around that to create a better uh, a life for ourselves? And um, so it's what I call a wellness practice. We go through these tools throughout the week and this and, and I call it home play. Um, and then uh, at, by the end of it, my students put together, you know, a wellness practice that they continually use on a daily basis to bring them back into that natural state of thriving, uh, bring them back home to themselves. And then also I, uh, we have what's really helpful with the class actually is the 12 um, live coaching calls with me. And, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for the students to ask questions, to cl- get more uh, clarity on some of the lessons that we go through as well. Um, but yeah, it's just really lots of fun, honestly. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you for putting together so many different resources. And, and like I said, for the listener, go to the website because even if you don't sign up for any of the programs, there's so many resources and videos there that you share. And we really love that and have loved this conversation today. So thank you, thank Alison, you. for all of your hard work. And thank you for appearing on our show today. We really appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I, let me, I'll say one more thing. Uh, if, if the, you know, if the class isn't right for you, you can always buy the book and I do have an audio book too, for people who want to listen. Yeah, that's great. Well, awesome. We'll link yeah. to all that in the show notes and thank you again so very much for appearing okay. on our show today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. you, Casey. Oh man, I appreciate you so much. This was a pleasure and an honor. Thanks. It was an honor to have you. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio.
At the close of one year and the beginning of a new year, I just wanted to make sure to thank you, the listener, for all of your support and for listening to our show. 2022 was an amazing year that saw lots of growth with the podcast, but also came with amazing results with the people that we get to work with in our business, Boundless Body. We began our business during the confusion of the 2020 pandemic and opened up in July of that year. And we've been absolutely amazed with how things have gone. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and a lot of building the plane as we were flying it, but it's turned out amazing. We just absolutely love seeing our clients clients get amazing results. We love seeing all the great feedback and positive reviews that come through on Apple. So if you haven't already, please leave us a review there on Apple as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and impact the lives of people all over the world. We're super excited for 2023. We already have lots of great guests and topics lined up, and we have no intention of slowing down our releases anytime soon. Also, feel free to check out our premium content, which we post on Patreon. There you will find our extended and unedited episodes, which we post on the day of recording. So you actually don't have to wait for the edited version of the podcast to release, which can sometimes be several weeks, actually. And on Patreon, you will also find the Boundless Body Radio premium podcast. This was my special project this year, I really wanted to combine all the very best clips about one topic from our show to combine into extended episodes that take a very deep dive into a topic. I've created two separate topics as a masterclass that are three episodes each. One is all about the macronutrients, and the second is all about keto and ketogenic diets. That way you can get a fantastic education from some of our amazing guests in a format that can help you zero in on the topic that you are most interested in, something I'm very proud of and believe that we are sharing this content for a very high value. Remember that you can also book a complimentary 30-minute session with us on our website at myboundlessbody.com. And thank you again so very much for listening to Boundless Body Radio.